0: How do you charge for your ministry? How do you put a price tag on the things that you do to help others? Is it wrong to put a price tag? We're gonna talk about all that stuff in today's episode. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. You get to
1: serve them. You can be
0: a tenant. You're gonna be paying somebody forever.
1: If you do not niche down, you will never be successful. you be so busy just trying to catch everyone and never reaching the right one. Yeah.
0: Um, the bottom line is the truth of the matter is we're not going to die happy because that
1: diabetes is like a thing. It brings in itself and then it opens. It. I want to
0: provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from them. And embrace their calling believe god's blessing that stuff now here's your host Kamon Han. so i'm super excited today to have as our guest co-host my friend pastor phenomenal worship leader and the leader of the house of women kim and kim welcome to the podcast today
1: thank you so much for having me so glad to be here Uh, You've been such a help for me over the last over these last few years. So I kind of just an honor to be able to be in the podcast today.
0: (laughs) Well, Kim, I want to say this Um, for those who are watching this, listening to this. Kim, you were one of the first people to um, use my coaching services when I was getting started about four or five years ago. and I want to thank you for uh, investing in yourself and investing in my business, and also the work that we did together. I was, I'm was, i super proud of that work and the work you've done from that work. So I'm just glad to have you on today for us to talk about this topic. When I've asked you questions about what are some questions to ask on the podcast, you had a lot of great questions. I was like, we got to ask this together on the podcast. So yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about pricing. Let's talk about all that good stuff.
1: Yes, money. Uh, I guess by way of... Starting the conversation, I, I actually received an email today uh, from Courtney Foster Donahue. I guess she's worked in the coaching space. And one of the things she said, three reminders for this week. She said, number one, money is amoral. Mm. She said, number two, money is a tool that can create stability, security, luxury, ph- philanthropy, philanthropy generosity, legacy, generational change, systemic upheaval and more. And then the third thing she said is you're allowed to just do it for the money. This is a perfectly acceptable why for the work you do in your business. And Mm -hmm. I screenshot it and I said this was so liberating for me to read as a minister, as an entrepreneur. and at the same time, to be honest, Kimon, I did feel a little bit of resistance just re- just reading it. Like, I it makes sense, but there's still a part of me that was like, just to do it for the money, just charging you know uh, prices just because I need the money, just seems so wrong and seems problematic. Why is it? I guess so that I say that just to lead into this question: Why is there such icky feelings and such resistance around? pricing particularly in entrepreneurial spaces that are ministry related
0: yeah such a good question i think it might come from two things right two things i can see as what causes some of these internal struggles we have one is for a lot of us it's the misapplication of the passage the love of money is the root of all evil Mm -hmm. so sometimes we take out the love of and just say money is the root of all evil and so for a lot of us we've had a lot of baggage and a lot of bad teaching that says anyone with money is not following god right and um, people who have money something's wrong with them spiritually and so we almost look at poverty and not having money as some badge of honor and so for a lot of us when we start charging and we start talking about here is what my services are priced at now which, which is not even our worth but pricing based on what's competitive a lot of us start feeling that guilt of if I'm if I'm making this amount of money, then maybe something's gonna be wrong with me spiritually. Maybe I'm gonna lose myself in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely part of it. I think the other part of it is, have we seen people who have um, gone after money and forgotten purpose, forgotten mission, forgotten ministry? Yes, people who have done money the wrong way. Yes. But that doesn't mean that to pursue both ministry and money together in a God-honoring and a, in a place of integrity is not possible. It's like, do people do music wrong, like for the wrong reasons? No, but it doesn't make music itself the ba- a bad thing, right? We can use music for so many things, to inspire us, to lift us. And I think it's the same thing with money because someone's using it wrong doesn't make it wrong. It just means now we have to, it it even gives us a greater motivation to show that it can be used. You can do this thing the right way, help others, and still earn enough to take care of your responsibilities and to live some of the dreams God has given you.
1: Mm -hmm. So, in essence, money is a tool. Absolutely. Um, Just like social media. You know, social media, I think, is an excellent tool that people can use for good. Or people can use for bad and likewise i think with money and ministry money is a tool that can further ministry further like you said dreams and aspirations ambitions um plans and all these things that the lady just mentioned in that email Absolute, the that yeah. money can be used for yeah. um i think i think definitely is a is a positive um do you think that i'm trying to think how to put this question I think also part of the issue around charging our worth is that there is this idea that if you're working for an entity, if you're working for a, a institution, if you're working for something already, then it's improper, inappropriate, wrong to have stuff that you're doing on the side as well. Or even, I I know that there's there, there, there has been tension um, with, charging to speak somewhere or to preach somewhere because you're already um, in ministry. And so mm-hmm. how dare you ask this church to charge you yeah, to yeah. speak if you're already um, in ministry. And so navigating that also I think is, is a problem. How would you, what would you say to a pastor who's feeling you know, caught in the tension yeah. of working yeah. for an entity but also wanting to be uh, paid for their time? I guess. Yeah.
0: And you said it, paid for your time. So I have a limited amount of time. You have a limited amount of time. Now, your whatever job you're being paid for, and, and this is for people who are in pastoral ministry and people who are working a regular a job in another field. Your right. job will never use all of your skills. Your job will never use all the skills. So them some skills that you've that you have, Kim, that you've developed that no matter what role we put you in and we pay you for that role it cannot use all of your skills. So let's talk about stewardship. If I'm going to be a good manager of the resources, including the gifts God has given me, where do I find an outlet for those gifts that I'm not a part of my present work assignment? Well, for a lot of us, we're doing it in a way now that is outside of this present work assignment, but I'm doing it for someone else. And that includes my time, that includes my skills. So when I'm using those time, that time and those skills, in another capacity, how I should be paid for that. Like a workman is worthy of his or her her wages. And so if I'm using my time and my skills there, I should be paid for that. But now let's talk about your speaking. You mentioned speaking somewhere else. Wherever your assignment is, you you're paid for that assignment. Mm-hmm. If you're somewhere else, they don't pay. That's that's you're not being paid for that. You're adding to that place, you're providing services to that place. And they should value it enough to provide some sort of payment. And, of course, I've heard um, Ashley Nicole say this. People don't pay you your worth. Your worth is out of this world. And we believe that as if you're any kind of believer. Your worth is out of this world. But they should at least pay you your rate. Right? Which is, this is what my rate is right now. And I think for all of us, let's lose the false humility that I don't bring anything to the table. You would not be asked to come somewhere to speak if they didn't see value in the things that you bring to the table. So those things should be valued enough for you to be paid for it.
1: Yeah, so I'm writing so many notes. My mind is going in so many different directions. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of conversation, especially in ministerial spaces. And even outside, because I, as I'm, you know, venturing into the entrepreneurial space, you know with house of women or whatnot there are people even in just regular businesses that struggle with charging Uh for a multiplicity of reasons specifically within ministry though i think there's this spiritual component that we've added that that make people feel like it's wrong to charge to preach it's wrong to charge for ministry and at the same time i'm like but y'all are paying like uh priscilla shire like you guys are buying her books What's the difference? What's the difference between paying for T.D. Jakes? He just put out a new book, Disruptive Thinking, and y'all are going out to buy it. But if somebody wants to, you know, charge for, have a rate for speaking or or whatever, all all of a sudden it becomes a problem. Can you maybe give some, I don't know, support or biblical support or just, I guess, uh, points that would help people kind of think through the cognitive dissonance around around all
0: of that yeah and you know that's a tough one right because um I you know we say a workman is worthy of their of their wages right so it's very clear in scripture that there's a principle of if someone has a, a, a skill and they use that skill they should be paid for the use of that skill now I think what we you 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 gave a really good example and I think for anyone in ministry um your example is perfect. It's just a, a matter of packaging. So you have a ministry that you provide to someone. It's your message, right? And that's that message, disruptive thinking, right? Let's let's use uh, Bishop Jake's disruptive thinking. That's a message. Well, how can he disseminate that message? He can disseminate a message by putting it into a book. Now, we recognize books as products because we buy products all the time, right? I got a phone in my hand, that's a product, right? I got different things, that's a product. So I think people understand paying for products because it's a tangible thing I can hold in my hand. It's a book, it's tangible, right? Now, when we start moving into the services space, that's when it gets a little bit tricky for us because sometimes we don't see services as as valuable, some of them at least. Now, um, go to get your car fixed. That's a service, right? Um, And I think what we have to do is to help people see, we have to almost put a product to the end of our service. We have to put a product to the end of our service. So if I go in to get my car fixed, right, I know this is not ministry, but I go in to get my car fixed, the product at the end is, my car's making this rattling noise, it's driving smoothly. Mm -hmm. So how can you, with the things that you bring as a service, make it in such a way that people can value it? So I'm speaking, no, I'm not just speaking. I'm not just taking up 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. The product at the end of this is. Um, I'm working with women, right? Women who are feeling beaten down by life, and women who feel unheard, women who feel invisible in in a space where they where they where they are the majority, but they still feel invisible. When I speak, those women find their dreams again. Those women find their voice again. Those women start their own ventures and ministries. That's what you get when I show up Yeah. so that the people see some tangible or at least some imagine able to imagine what's the product at the end of this service, a conference. I send people to a conference that you put on what happens at the end of that. So that I know there's biblical support, but I think it's also helping people with that mindset of the same people who would buy a book there's sometimes struggle for services we have to help them understand how those services can produce a tangible result
1: yeah I like that so you're basically you're pricing for the transformation
0: yes absolutely
1: you're, um pricing for the outcome how yeah. they feel what they'll be able to do yeah what they'll be able to achieve as a yes. result of you speaking as a result of you doing the workshop um as a result but of you know being any in your
0: the- community yeah being, and all of this is just packaging right we're packaging um the the things that through our through our knowledge through our study through our experience life experience Mm
1: -hmm. through
0: you know our own paid we paid for coaching all of and then some of this is just gifting just through all of the things that we've mixed together someone wants access to that so you can get it through my book or you can get it through time with me Right. I'm coaching. You can get it through coming to an event that I put on that you have an experience. You can get it through, you know, a community that I create with other people who are looking for that. But you're just packaging that same thing in different ways and giving you access to now experience the transformation.
1: Mm. I love it. I love it. Um, I just want more people who are ministry professionals that want to go into entrepreneurship to just really release any limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. um around charging not their worth but charging their their rate rate. Mm -hmm. how so uh, two questions um how do you figure out what your rate is like how Mm -hmm. do you like what what process do you go through to figure out how much you're going to charge for a specific product or service and what were some of the limiting beliefs that you had to overcome to get to a place where you were comfortable charging um your rate without feeling like this is a problem
0: yeah you know you i'll start with the second one right i think for all of us limiting beliefs is not like one cap and you break break through that and there's no more limiting beliefs right at every stage there's another limiting belief and there's another limiting belief and there's another limiting belief i think one of the things that um some of the ones that i had is who am i with my experience, to charge for people to learn how to start a business. That's, that's it, right? Like the imposter syndrome, some people call it, right? And then I start looking at other people who were doing some of the same things, and I'm looking at how long they've been doing it, mm-hmm. how many followers they had, right? Um, all, all, all the things that we all do, which is comparison. And comparison, to me, feeds into some of our limiting beliefs because I don't have as much. I've not been doing as long. Whatever. And so what's interesting, Kim, is you mentioned that uh, I'll take a minute here to say this for a long time. One of my limiting beliefs is no one's going to listen to me talk about business because I'm a pastor. Right. That's my negative. You know, what's crazy as I I took some time last year to go through some coaching and I had to write down the names of all the people I coached. Your name was on there. Different people. Right. I'm just going down. I'm like, they're all pastors. And so the thing that I thought on pastors and people in ministry, and, and again, if you're watching this podcast first time, I make a really strong push that not just pastors are in ministry, not just spiritual leaders are in ministry, everyone, right? But they're all ministry-minded, they're all service-based, based on serving others. And I realized the thing that I thought was my negative that was limiting me from putting myself out there is my greatest positive because there's someone who is in that same space that says he can relate to me. Yeah, yeah. Right, so for anyone, just sometimes when you think about your negative, the thing that you're saying, why it's a disqualifier, flip it and just say, okay, how can this be a positive for me? Um, Something else that helped me, and and then I'll answer the next question. I invested in myself for one of the programs that I wanted to sell to people, meaning like I was going to sell group coaching. So I signed up and I paid for some group coaching. So it gave me an opportunity to see what that felt like. And it gave me an opportunity to see what happened for me in that process. And I think for anyone who is looking at breaking through some of your limiting beliefs, one of the best ways to, if you want to sell something, buy that thing. And, and see what it feels like. Because it allows you, once you're done, to go back to say to someone, no, I can charge that price because I invested in myself. I mean, I charge you the same amount that I paid, but I invested in me enough that I'm not gonna let you just get it for free anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. I've paid
0: for this, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe that's part of the answer, right? Part of figuring out your rate is some kind of self investment, paying for some coaching, looking at the, the the price for that, see what what was the price, how was the price structure for the program that I took part in, modeling some of that. And then I also tell people, um, there, 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 there are three different um, ways, right? You can have things easy for them, mm-hmm. easy for you, mm. right? Easy for them, easy for you, and then like that middle ground. There's, okay, if if I wrote a book and I gave it to you, that's easy for me, hard for you. You got to read it, look how to apply it. Now, let's say you want some transformation in an area. And I just said, you know what, I'll do it for you, right? Like, or I'll give you one-on-one. Every day, wake up, we meet at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., and we'll talk you through. And ev- Now, that's easier for you because you know exactly what to do, but it's harder for me. That's more of my time. And so there's a, con- and then there's a middle ground, which is like, you know, group, group stuff is middle ground where yeah. it's kind of, you both are meeting in the middle. So you're not getting all of my time and all my attention, but you're not fully on your own. And so there's a continuum there. There's a continuum there. Now, what I would say is you want to make sure for things that are hard for you and easy for people, you're charging enough that it makes sense to you, that they're not getting a, a lot of your time, a lot of your attention for a small amount. And I think the biggest mistake people make, right? Let me say this slow. The biggest mistake people make is we charge prices for things that should be easy for you, we're charging those prices for things that are hard for you, so you're giving one on one coaching to someone for something like twenty five dollars an hour
1: <laughs> right
0: that you that think about think about if you were to do that for all the hours of your week, would you make enough money to take care of your responsibilities and those are some of the questions you need to ask so when you're pricing, how much do I want to make and if I were to break this down, can I make what i want what I need to make? doing it the way I'm priced so
1: so some of the here's some of the um, objections to that that, ahead, that come to mind that I've had to work through myself is if I raise my prices there's a fear of failure
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's a fear of um, pricing people out that need my help mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna alienate my mm-hmm. my um following mm-hmm. my my ladies you know i have the house of women before i had the house of women i had another movement that was pretty much a free experience they could just come into the facebook group and you know we just had a grand old time but there wasn't any um financial exchange on my part um and it was it was you know getting to be draining along with some other things as well and so um when i decided to make the switch into a paid subscription uh, model uh, that was one of the biggest things I had I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to have as many women participating. I'm afraid that I'm going to not be as su- successful because now mm. I'm charging and there's, you know, it's it's a different it's a different mindset. And then there was also this fear of being judged like she mm. she's a pastor. How dare she charge for Bible studies? How dare she charge for? being you know that spiritual support and spiritual guide like who mm-hmm. does she think she is she's a minister she shouldn't be charging for that mm-hmm. um she's greedy all she cares about is the money you know I had to really and I'm still working through it I still have sure. my moments of like "Ooh, what are people gonna think when I post this what are people gonna think when I send the link to pick to 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 come on into to the, the to program. the woman for yeah. in exchange for a cost you know yeah. I think sometimes they assume that it's going to be free. And so all of that. So when you were talking about the things that you've had to work through, those are some of the, the objections that came to my mind that I still have to filter through on a daily basis.
0: That's good. You know, let me let me ask you a question, even though you're asking me questions. Yeah. Um, if you never charged, if you never put anything out there, if you never monetized your ministry, mm-hmm. would people still judge you? Yes. <laughs> right. And I think that's just think- for yeah. you, right? That's, you know, it's like, I think we've, the the thing that we fear of people judging us, you know, I think for a lot of us, we, it's happening, right? People will judge you for whatever. Now, will you get more? Probably, but you, you are in motion, right? And so sometimes you, you pay attention less to it. Um, So for, for, to, to go back to something you, you were saying, Kim. Does it stop you from putting out free stuff? No, you, you can put out free stuff all the time. You've put out free posts online, mm-hmm. free videos, giving inspiration and instruction. You can put out free stuff all the time. Here's what's crazy. You can take the exact thing that you're doing for paid, put it out for free, and people who switch and say, let me join the paid thing, will actually get better results. It's not a game. It's just human nature. People who pay, pay attention. So you giving people, here's the, the switch, giving people an opportunity to pay actually is helping them more than if you were just giving it to them for free. Now, I'm, it doesn't mean that you can't get on podcasts like mine and you're talking for free and you're sharing for free, right? You're on platform sharing for free. You're doing that. You're putting things out there and other, some people are getting it saying, okay, I'm, I'm grabbing as much as I can until I'm able to invest, but then, when they do invest, you're giving um, you're giving them one more more accountability. Maybe that's the best one I'll just say, more accountability because I am now showing up better because I am paying this this if you're doing a monthly subscription, this thing is hitting my thing every month, right? Like it's Keith. like Netflix, like if you're paying yeah. for Netflix, you're like, I'm gonna watch something on here. there's watch. something on here I'm gonna watch because that thing just hit that twenty nine ninety nine or whatever
1: it puts a, a, a positive weight on what God has called me to do because there's an expectation. Just like in my pastoral capacity, I am being paid to pastor this congregation as much as we want to spiritualize it and make it into you know, some something overly spiritual. At the end of the day, I am being paid to show up and serve this congregation. Of course, I'm doing it because of purpose and because I do it because I love it. But there's there's that element of well element as well. Like I'm, y'all are paying me to come up with a sermon on a weekly basis to get into the word and do all that stuff. And so likewise with my own um, ministry for House of Women, there's an expectation that I'm going to show up and do for these ladies because they are investing in themselves and they are investing in me and believing right. in me to show up for them. Um, and so I think that exchange of of money is is helpful for that. Um, yeah, absolutely it's very helpful for me I've noticed it I noticed the shift I loved my Facebook group I loved the, w- w- what we were doing in there it was also very powerful but I can't deny that this is also been incredibly rewarding as well because of switching into this idea of charging a rate to experience what I have to offer what I have to pour into these ladies it's been a blessing
0: you know, Kim, let me ask you this. Do you, just looking at your own self as someone who is leading out in this ministry, now, we we for for those who've never passed passed pastor, you're almost like a general practitioner, right? You're doing a whole lot of things, running meetings, whatever, meeting with different age groups, all of that's good. Do, do you find that you've gotten more sharper in your message and your focus in the area that you're working with and that you're finding more resources? Like, you just, like, things are just you are just seeing more things in this area because you've one focused in on it and you've also began the process of monetizing it talk a little bit about that because i'm curious for your experience
1: yes uh i've had to be more intentional Mm um because and be more like honed into my audience what -hmm. exactly are you paying me for yeah (laughs) what do you need from me how can i be of service Mm-hmm. Uh, you you not, you're not in here just for anything. You're here for something specific and I want to honor that. And I want to be able to give you what it is that you're looking for and bless you as you are blessing me and freeing me up to do what God has called me to do. So yes, it has forced me to be, to really zero in on my ideal client, um, the, the, the value that I'm providing and getting really specific on how I can show up for my ladies in a way that, that honors their needs and what they're, what they're looking for. And to really bring about the transformation that they're looking for. So you said, i I saw you four years ago. It's that's absolutely wild, that I've been on this journey yeah, <laughs> for yeah. four years. And with each year that passes, I get more and more succinct, more and more clear on what my message is and how I can, how my, how my message embodies who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also been a major shift for me as well is understanding like, because you mentioned, you said something about uh, people. One of your limiting beliefs was, are people going to listen to me? Mm-hmm. Are people going gonna to people invest, you know, hear what I have to say. And I would say for me, that was also issue because I felt like, Oh, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. Uh, I don't have a PhD. Are people, you know, who am I to be charging people for this? Uh, I don't have a demon, uh, all these, I was telling myself all these things, but then I had to recognize like people are not paying. There are people that want that. And if they want that, they'll go and find it. But there are also people that want to pay for my experience, pay for my story, pay for the connection and understand. like, they see my, they see themselves in me and Mm -hmm. are willing to partner with me to get that transformation because they see themselves and that alone is worthy of charging a rate. And it mm-hmm. took me, I'm glad to say that I've definitely broke into that space of feeling like I'm okay to do that. It took a long time though. And when you said four years, I was like, wow. I remember when I first talked with you and I was like, charging that amount, I don't know. And now yeah. it's like absolutely not an issue, but it's taken a while to get there.
0: It's crazy. And, and, and there's so many things I want to piggyback on off of what you just said. But can, if you go back and you look in your notes or whatever you've created. I still have them. <laughs> What was the rate then and what's the rate now? I and, can't you know, even it's,
1: say it out loud. <laughs>
0: right, right. And it's, no, it's interesting just showing you've grown in yeah. your own thing. And I think for anyone who's thinking about monetizing your ministry, right? So, yeah, there are tips on pricing and stuff. But here's what I'll say, right? Even me who will tell you raise your rates, start with a price. Yeah. Whatever you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. put it out there and allow yourself to grow and to raise that price. Mm-hmm. So if you want to tell me, I just said $25 an hour, don't do that. Whatever. If you say if you want to argue with me and say, you know what Kimon, that's all like put it out there. Don't don't wait till you feel like $100 an hour to start start with the 25 mm-hmm. and allow yourself the chance to grow cuz the process in this whole process of monetizing your ministry, one of the things we don't see is not just the transformation of the people we work with. It's our own transformation, right? Because your heart is pure. Like I listened to you just now talk about this, Kim. The ladies I serve, you didn't just say the ladies that my customers. You said the ladies I serve. And for you who you're watching this, listening to this, if you if you are if you are tuned into this, I know you have a heart for people, and your only question is, can I keep that heart and make money? And my answer is yes. And you will grow in the process. You'll grow in the process of learning how to raise your rates, how to be better at the marketing things, all the things that you think I can't start because I'm not good at this. Allow yourself to start and grow in the process. Do I want you to start higher and all? Yeah, but I want you to start more than anything else. I want you to start.
1: I love it. I don't know why I got emotional when you said that, but like when you, I'm gonna take this with me. Having a heart, your heart for people will not diminish if you charge your rate your heart for people will not minimize you 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 don't i think that's a huge fear that a lot of people have that they're going to become like this greedy money monster when that's furthest from the truth and i think i think you probably just validated something in my heart like yeah that's true i do this is definitely still ministry yeah (laughs) this is definitely from a place of serving this is definitely i can't wait and see, that's the thing of the beauty about money being a tool. I can't wait to for my ministry to get to a point where I'm able to start providing scholarships or provide, mm-hmm. you know, opportunities where people that can't afford it are able to participate because there is a foundation of a financial foundation that allows for that to happen. But that you have to start somewhere, like you said. And I think yeah. at the end of the day, uh, if you come at it with a pure heart, if you come at it with a heart that says I'm just here to help people. I'm here to pour into people and serve. Um I think I think the Lord will bless and and just kind of working through those those beliefs that hinder you from charging what your rate is because you cannot be charged your work. are charging That's what right. you feel is necessary to live and survive and to take care of your family and have the work life balance that you want and you know to take care of your family for generations, you know, these are these are things that are real especially within yeah. the black community. Absolutely. You know, and so including pastors, like y'all want y'all want your generation, your generations after you to be able to be okay. And there are more ways to do that beyond the ways that we've traditionally have been taught.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Kim, this is such a good conversation. I, I hate you. that we have to end it soon, but maybe you have one more question and I want you to tell people how they can follow you and find house of house of women. But what what's one question, one more burning question you have before we get out of here today?
1: Uh is there, mm, I don't know, let's see, I'm trying to look at all my questions. I I guess maybe as a, as a to wrap up, if you could, if there's one thing that you could say to somebody who is trying to determine whether they should raise their rates or not, mm-hmm. um, they're feeling apprehensive about it, they're nervous about it, what's one thing that you would say to encourage them to go ahead and raise the rate, honey? <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, look, its its for all of us, it's a challenge at times to break through that. I would say to you, practice it, right? Raise that rate. Practice saying it. Practice saying it. And maybe also write down a list of here, here are the things that I've already helped people do. Here are all the ways I've invested in myself. Because sometimes you need to remind yourself. Mm-hmm. This is my first time, right? Like, if you, you want to get biblical, David had to remind himself. He said, no, I killed a lion. Mm-hmm. I kill this other animal, I can take Goliath. And sometimes you got to remind yourself, nope, I didn't just start today. I've been doing this for four years. I've been doing this for more than four years. I've been doing this for years before I even knew there was a this that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then raise it. Even if you tell yourself, here's here's what I'll say to you, to someone. Do it as an experiment. I'm going to raise my rate. Right? Yeah. I'm going to give myself Two months with this new rate. Yeah. If I don't like it, I could bring it back down. That exactly. way you don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm up, I'm up here, I'm I'm without a um, you know, without something to catch me. I'm without you with a net. no. You can just do it on a trial, mm-hmm. and just add another bonus in. Say I'm, we raised we raise our rate and we're giving away my book, my free copy of my ebook or something. Just something to help you break that limit limit of, okay, I raised it. Put something else that doesn't really cost you anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um to add a value to it. So that's, that's what good. I got.
1: And I one thing I would add to is make a list of all the people in your industry that are charging mm-hmm. and tell yourself that these are my colleagues, mm. not my competition. And if they're your colleagues, you could do why not you? Why not why <laughs> not? If, if if this speaker is charging this much, why not you? You know, yeah. and kind of working through whatever comes up. Um uh, that helped me. i I had a list of all the The speakers and coaches that I look up to and that I admire, and I have to be like: these are not my competition. These are my colleagues. These are people that are in the same field as me, that are that are offering a similar transformation, and they're making their money. They're charging their rates. That ought to free me up to charge my rates as well.
0: Yeah, be Um, set free. Be be set set
1: free. free. (laughs) Be set
0: free. And listen, there's some people who you talk about the people with bigger platforms and whatever, whatever someone will hear something from you that they won't hear it from them.
1: Correct. Yeah. Or you, they may not get the attention or the, yeah. the same yeah. energy.
0: Whatever is your negative is your positive. You are starting small, exactly. that's your positive. You, you'll yeah. get more attention from me in my group. Yeah. You're not going to be a number, right?
1: Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. This has been great. Um, I'm really excited for you, Kimon, how you're just continuing to thrive and grow and finding the freedom to be who God has called you to be. Uh, If there are any ladies that are out there that are interested in the House of Women, I would love to serve you. I'd love to pour into you. I specifically work with women of faith that are bold enough to walk away from and be set free from the effects of religious and sexual trauma that they may have endured. I'm talking about purity culture, patriarchy, abuse, any of those things, and you're ready to walk away from all the, the, the ickiness that has come with those teachings. I'm here to serve you and help you walk away from all of that. So if you're interested, check out KimberlyBulgin.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, which is my name, Kimberly Bulgin, or Instagram, House of Women. Would love to see you on there as well. Looking forward to serve you all. I'm excited about how the House of Women is growing and just thriving into this awesome place for like-minded women to be set free.
0: Kim, I love it. Uh, So excited for the work that you're doing. Keep going. They're mm. women that are being set free by the work you're doing. And for those of you who are watching this, we want to just encourage you to take your ministry, monetize it, and increase your income and your impact. Thank you for listening to the Monetize... Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kimon Hines. For more information, visit our website, at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com that's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com find us on youtube spotify and apple Podcasts. please share this episode with someone who needs it let's increase our income and impact